Welcome to another episode of Field Days, a podcast about news and hot topics related to the Michigan Department of Corrections. Here are your hosts, Chris Scouts and Greg Straub. Welcome everyone to a new episode of Field Days. I'm excited about today's episode because we're going to change up Field Days a little bit moving forward. Chris Scouts and I are going to do a weekly MDOC-wide podcast. Noah's still going to join me periodically to do some FOA-centered podcast, but Chris and I want to start doing a more department-wide message to highlight staff, the programs, and the unique initiatives that the MDOC has. And I honestly think that, uh, Chris, you're here because you got a little nervous about Noah and I doing this podcast and playing a little fast and loose with the podcast. So I think you're stepping in here to, to slow us down a little bit. So, you know, welcome to your first podcast today, Chris. Well, thank you, uh, Greg. I'm a long-time listener, first-time co-host, so I'm very excited to be here. Um, I think this is going to be a really good uh, a new venture for, for the MDOC and for, for the podcast. You and Noah did a great thing uh, when you guys started this a year ago now when you came into my office and had this idea. And uh, the only thing I didn't like about it was that I didn't think about it first. So <laughs> you guys have uh, done a great thing. And, and now with Noah being a DRC, it's a little more difficult for him to be around. Uh, so, But I think if we do this weekly, people get more accustomed to it. And hopefully we'll get, get some more listeners uh, that are interested in this, not just from FOA, but from uh, the, the general public as well. So uh, right now, I'm very excited to have uh, introduce our, our part two of our interview with Director Washington. Um, and it's great that we can start our new venture with probably the, the biggest get that you can have in terms yeah. of an MDOC interview uh, being the director. But uh, I'm not going to say that, uh, you know, it's only going to go downhill from here because we do have some really exciting things in store in the next couple weeks, uh, at least for sure, and then going forward. So, um, but right now we're going to hear part two uh, of our interview with Director Washington, uh, where we're going to ask her about uh, how she got her start in the MDOC uh, what she considers her biggest accomplishment so far, and where she's at with some of her top goals that she outlined when she became the director. Well, let's go to our chat with the director. Okay, director, so I think everyone's curious on how you got your start with the MDOC, and if there's anyone, you know, in the in corrections or out of corrections that, you, you know, you kind of look up to or use as a mentor. Well, I got my start uh, the way many people did, which is that... Um, I wasn't, I was doing something entirely different and didn't know that I, I mean, it wasn't in my plan to work for the Department of Corrections. My plan was that I was going to go to law school and become a prosecutor, and that was my plan. So I ended up, I was working in the legislature as a staffer, and um, I was asked to come and interview in the Department of Corrections to be the legislative um, person over here. And I did that, and um, I intended to be the legislative person and go to law school and then go be a prosecutor. So I went to law school, um, but I never went to be a prosecutor. I never left, and I'm still here. And that was 18 years or so ago, and I laughed because I've heard many um, people who um, have told their story of how they ended up in the Department of Corrections say, well, I needed a job and I was only going to go there until something better came along, but 30 years later, right. you know, I fell in love and, um, and I'm still here and it was the greatest decision I ever made. So that's how I ended up here, was I came over from the legislature and um, I'm still here however many years later. 
my mentors, I think we all have mentors and, and um, inside and out. Of course, my number one mentor uh, would be my dad. In the department, um, you know, in the various roles that I've had and the different directors that I've worked for, and I, and I have worked directly for um, several of the prior directors, I've certainly picked up things from each one of them. So I don't have just one. I mean, I learned a lot from Bill Martin. Um, I consider him a mentor of mine. Um, you know, Pat Caruso, Bill Overton, they are um, all had uh, an impact on on my career at, um, in various ways. So lots of different mentors because it's not just people that you work for, it's people that you learn from. And um, I learned, I say all the time, that when I became a warden for the first time, I had not worked in prison before. And so my correction officers were my mentors. I mean, I learned so many things from them every day um, and still do. Well, you know, we talked about, you know, you've been here for about a year and a half now, and, you know, you talked about how your life's changed. You're completely, you have a lot on your plate now, uh, much more than what you had previously. So, you know, in the year and a half you've been here, what do you think um, has been your biggest accomplishment, and what do you want to get done in the next, say, two and a half, three years? Well, we've, I think, you know, I can point to several different accomplishments. One overreaching accomplishment I, I would hope would be I feel a re-energizing of the department and um, of the staff and when I say that I mean um, just building up good momentum and a good um, feeling of positive energy pushing us toward our goals um, by engaging employees and setting goals and achieving them in a you know in a hopefully in a time frame that is you know, gives you some gratification that your hard work is paying off and you see the results of that. So I think that's an overreaching um, accomplishment that never ends. I mean, right. you have to continue to do that every single day. Um, but other accomplishments, I mean, there's been a lot, frankly. Um, the Vocational Village is certainly something that I uh, talk about, that I promote um, everywhere I go. And that's that's been a great program and we're expanding it as you know to uh, the vocational the second vocational village in in Jackson um, the the things that we have going on on the field side frankly the new um, program for the probation uh, sanction specialist when I first came on board and targeted areas in the department that I wanted to focus on probation was one of the major areas that I thought was right for attention in this department. You know, our role is one of improving and enhancing public safety and in helping people um, become successful and we need to look to the front end of the system to help probationers before they get off onto the, you know, track of prison. And so we looked at how can, how can we best do that? And I think we've implemented some really good things on the front end of the system to do that. And those are big accomplishments. They add to so much to um, what our population is on the inside. And so we really have a duty and a responsibility to make sure that we're doing everything we can to control that population. So that would be um, a big accomplishment. Um, you know that we have one of probably on the prison side 
I think one of our biggest accomplishments is our continued investment in our facilities, which had been lacking for so long. And so, um, obviously, enhancing our perimeters, our cameras, our PPD system, our lights, all the things that we're doing is an enhancement to public safety, but it's also um, an enhancement. It, it, it's something that is hopefully making our staff feel like we're doing something to make their jobs um, more comfortable and more satisfying because we're investing in the tools that they need to successfully do their job. That's just a few things. Well, you, you touched on it a little bit already in, in your last answer, but when you started as, as director, you would outline three areas that you really wanted to, to target. And one of you could give uh, our audience sort of an update on where we are with those, with those three areas and how we're doing. Sure. Um, one of the areas, which I did kind of just talk a, quite a bit about, is targeting the front end of the system and tra- targeting probation violators. They make up uh, over 30% of our intake in this department. And so when we're talking about um, controlling our population and doing so in a safe manner, um, that is certainly an area that we need to turn our attention to. We've done a good job with our recidivism, um, overall recidivism number, but we can do a better job by stopping people from coming in the front door. So we've implemented some programs, the RAP program down in um, Detroit at the Detroit Reentry Center where um, we have worked cooperatively with the bench down there to provide a program that gives them an alternative um, to sending otherwise prison-bound probation violators to to prison. So we're seeing success in that, and we hope to be able to replicate that on the other side of the state. So that would be one of the programs on the front end. Um, Education is a huge focus. Um, I'm deeply invested in education, both academic and vocational and um, we have the creation of the vocational village which we've talked about a little bit but it's providing um, opportunities for um, to learn and get licensed in high demand skilled trades for our prisoners so that they can get out and have uh, the opportunity to get a job that they'll be able to sustain themselves on and stay out of prison that's been very successful and is gaining national attention and we're replicating that and um, we're also going to be, as, as you've heard, um, getting back into college programming um, through Pell Grants. And there's a huge amount of data that shows that education um, equates to success on the outside and obviously lowers recidivism. And so Michigan is very fortunate because we've been a leader in education in the country for our prisoners and um, we're awarded, I think, the biggest amount of Pell Grants um, in the country. So we're excited to develop what I call educational communities in some of our prisons that are patterned um, just like vocation, the vocational village concept where you have whole housing units that are devoted to education and learning. And so that's exciting. Um, the third thing I think that I said I was going to focus on is the female population and we have been focused on that but we're going to become even more focused on that. Um, females are growing nationwide as a population and in Michigan we're doing everything we can to um, put that trend downward and we've been successful since I've been here at 
um, seeing some small population declines. And the way we've done that is to, frankly, get very intense on our um, looking at all the operations that we have control over. So our programming, um, the number of positions we have, delivering programming, the waiting lists, um, how we organize our programming. We've looked and um, at how we treat our parole violators. And um, we've developed a program for female parole violators that sends them to um, the Detroit Reentry Center for um, their processing and perhaps some treatment rather than sending them back to the Huron Valley Correctional Facility. So there's a number of things that we're doing and we're going to continue to do more to get at that population. And I would say that um, this is a focus of uh, not only the CFA side of this department, but the FOA side. It is definitely a joint effort um, in attacking this initiative. We've already started our fiscal year, which, which for you and, and, and the budget set means they're already talking about crafting the next year's budget, but there is some exciting stuff in, in the budget uh, that we're, we've just kicked off. And I wonder if you could go through some of those things, some of the things that, that you're most excited about or that you think staff are going to really notice uh, now that we have the, the funds to enroll those out. Uh, well, some of the things um, that we'll, we'll have um, in this budget coming up is we, or in this cycle, we received money for bulletproof vests for our agents. Um, so along with technology, vests are something that We've talked about a lot in the past, um, but this year we were able to secure funding to actually acquire bulletproof vests, and so that is something new. Um, we received um, some funding to begin a pilot um, for the drug Vivitrol for our offenders, um, and that's particularly encouraging and exciting because um, this is an opportunity to address um, a segment of our population that needs this treatment response, which um, the money that we got will help us provide wraparound services for people taking the drug Vivitrol, which suppresses their ability to get high if they um, use, use drugs. And so we will be um, beginning that program. Um, we're going to be doing more with leadership training. I mean, you mentioned the FIT Leaders Program. and we intend to continue that, um, the FIT Leaders Program, and engage in more training programs for our staff. Um, we're going to be creating a second vocational village, which is huge, and looking forward to getting that up and running, and the construction is underway, and we'll be offering um, a different array of program opportunities there. Um, so those are some of the things that we have to look forward to in the coming year. Great. Um, under your leadership, there's been a new term that uh, has been kicked around uh, the department, and that's offender success. And I was wondering if you could, for those who don't know, uh, or those who have heard it but, but would like to hear your thoughts on it, if you could sort of define what you, what you see as offender success and what you think the, the staff should know about uh, our, our focus on that. Okay. Well, I hope that... Um, I hope that everybody knows that our sort of new motto uh, is offender success. Um, but w one of the things I think that historically, um, the historic phrases or terminology that used to be always used in our department was reentry. 
And I've said that reentry is certainly important. You know, it pertains to prisoners who are going home on parole. Um, but our department is so much more than that. And um, our offenders encompass probationers, they encompass prisoners, and they encompass parolees. And so we need a philosophy that applies to, to all of our population, and that is offender success. So that, um, you know, our role is to help people be successful. I mean, the fir first and foremost, our role is to protect public safety and run safe and secure prisons. But we do that very well. And once we've got that covered, um, then we need to be sure that within that, um, we are helping people be successful because that ensures that the public is safe because these people aren't committing new crimes. So we even, when I came on board, changed our, um, our department or motto from what it was to what it is now. And in doing that, we actually had a contest, and again, uh, there's another way that we engaged our employees was we put it out to them and asked them to give us suggestions for what they'd like to see in a motto with the caveat that it had to have something to do with offender success because again that is what we're here for and so um, we got back several um, lots and lots of uh, responses and we ended up with Committed to protect, dedicated to success. Okay, Director, you know, I want to go back to, to Twitter and um, go back to some questions that staff had for you. You know, with the tragedy in, um, you know, Benton Harbor and St. Joe County at the courthouse, um, uh, Macomb County Probation Agent asks, will there be any active shooter training in local field offices due to the increase in this type of activity in the world? Well, I think that's a very good question, and I'm glad that they asked it because now I can answer it. Um, when uh, that tragedy occurred, I traveled down to um, the field office and visited with staff, and we ended up sitting in a big circle having a conversation about about the event, but about a lot of other things. And um, one of the things that I asked them about was their uh, preparedness for events like this. And do you have a plan and what do you do? And is there training and is there active shooter training? And does it involve, because so many of our, our probation offices are in courthouses. So we had this whole conversation and it occurred to me that um, we needed to look a little bit deeper at this at this issue and so I came back and I asked Deputy Director Marlin and Deputy Director McKee to get together because it's our parole offices and our probation offices and I wanted to make sure that we um, have a plan in each office just like we do in all of our prisons for um, emergency management for disaster management um, and so I want to make sure that we do, and that if we don't have a plan, that we create a plan, and that once we have a plan, that we actually have training in the offices, just like we do in prison. You know, every month in prison, every prison mobilizes, and the point of that is to train and teach staff on what to do in the event of one of these unfortunate, horrible incidents, or in the event of, you know, a natural disaster, or a tornado, or whatever the case may be. And we should have the same standards for the staff in our field offices. And so we started talking about that. And I also thought that that would be a good opportunity for us to 
as we create these plans to draw on the expertise and skill of our emergency response teams um, because they are extremely skilled and knowledgeable about um, how to handle these situations, how to respond, and I think that they could help us in developing those plans for the field side. So we're working on that right now. Well, that's a hopefully the, the staff person who asked that question, that's a great answer and it um, completely clears up uh, that question. So, you know, Director, I wanna, I wanna thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. I know um, it's very hard to get uh, on, your, on your calendar, so I, I, we, we do appreciate you taking time to talk to staff um, on our little, little podcast here in the DOC. So, um, you know, I, I can't thank you enough on behalf of um, FOA. I, 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 don't, I can't speak for CFA, but um, just, just the feeling, the, the different feeling in FOA as far as leadership goes and as far as how staff feel about the department, the direction of the department. Um, so thank you. We, we appreciate it. We appreciate you and appreciate you coming on field days. Well, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. And I look forward to coming back again at a later date. Well, we want to thank Director Washington for coming on field days today. And if you want to learn more about Director Washington, you can follow her on Twitter, at Heidi Washington. And make sure to stay tuned. Uh, in the coming weeks, we have some exciting guests coming on. Uh, I think uh, everyone will be uh, excited to hear who we have. Well, as always, thank you for listening. We'd love it if you would help us spread the word about the podcast. You can do that by subscribing to the show on iTunes and leave us a review. You can also follow the department on Facebook at MI Corrections and on Twitter at MichiganDOC, as well as the FOA account at MDOCFOA. And you can send in questions to the show using the hashtag AskFieldDays. Thanks, thanks, Chris, for a good podcast. Thank you.